This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 113 of Small Talk. Your hosts, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman, are here with you. And it's appropriate, Steve, that this is episode 113 because 13 is the day of my birth. I was born on August 13th, and that is relevant for this week because we are doing astrology readings. I've wanted to do this for a long time. We have tracked down a world-renowned astrologist, Michael Jernigan, and he is going to read our zodiac signs, our personalities, and give us a glimpse into the future. I thought you were going to say 13 because 13 is the spooky, lucky, unlucky number, and we're talking about our future and having our fortune (laughs) sort of told. So I wasn't sure you were going to go there with your birthday, but it all makes sense. But I also look at it as 13 is the weird superstition number, and we're talking to a guy about some potential superstitions, some potential lifestyle choices that we're going to make in the future. You know that I don't believe in a lot of this stuff, but I do find it entertaining. I think it's really interesting to hear about it. I'm not going to probably listen to most of it, but it was awesome listening to it back. And we've got a bunch of clips we're going to play for you guys that we're going to react to. Yeah. So what we're going to do is Steve and I already had our readings. We recorded it, but we have condensed it for your listening pleasure because both of them were over an hour long. There was a lot you don't want that. There was a lot said, but we took out all the minutiae and we're going to give you the relevant stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to let Michael explain what it is that he's doing, how he comes up with these readings, and then we're going to play you different portions of our individual readings and react to it. This is what he said to you and I before both of our readings to sort of explain what he does. Because I didn't really know. I didn't understand how it went. I didn't understand how he was reading what we were doing. He only asked us for what our birthday, our name, the city we were born in, and that's it, right, Michelle? Time of birth, Steve. Time, Time of birth. birth, exactly. Very important. So, so he explains why all that is relevant in this clip. This is Michael, and I will be your astrologer for this reading via digital voice recording from Seattle, Washington. I would like to start today with a brief explanation of what this is and how I do it. To me, an astrological chart is like a map of the heavens at the time and place of your birth. And I believe that anyone that is born at a given moment is reflective of that moment. So in looking at the position of the planets when you were born, I see this as the seed for potential that was planted at birth. I see this as the roadmap mapped out for your life journey, showing influences both good and bad. And I see this also as your original choice upon entering this world, showing what type of life lessons you want to live through and experience this time around. I do not believe that astrology is destiny because I don't believe we can predict a free will. But what I do believe is that through understanding the influence of the planets in our lives, because we live in this large solar system, we're surrounded by these planets and their energies, that this can help us with better understanding. And when we have better self-knowledge, awareness, and understanding, then hopefully we also have the ability to make better life choices. So now that Michael has given us some context and we know how he curates these readings, how he develops all of these. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you believe that? Do you believe that because you were born, you know, I was born on November 23rd at 2.47 p.m. in you know, I'm not in Connecticut somewhere in some city in Connecticut, whatever, that because I was born at that specific time, that the, the way the universe is, that dictates the way that my life is going to be. Not like, not like that I'm going to, okay, if you were born at this time, you're going to become a millionaire, you're going to be a terrible person. Not that, but that the universe influences you in ways and pushes you in certain directions just because of the date and time and place you were born. You believe it. 
I do. Well, let's find out, Steve, shall we? Let's listen to what Michael has to say about us and our personalities and our future. Okay. Who do you want to go first? You or you got, let's go. Let's do you first. You first. Okay. Because I'm more sold on this stuff and you're yeah, more of a mine are gonna be Mine are going to be quicker. So. Okay. All right. So Michael started out the readings talking about past lives, what he believes that we each had prior lives and that yeah. what happened in those lives affects our life right now. So this is what Michael had to say about my past life. You come from this previous lifetime where you were the hostess and you were the person who made everybody happy and comfortable and satisfied and you went far out of your way to do things that you believed would please other people. And in that lifetime, your focus was all about others. You wanted to do things for people and sometimes you literally would divide yourself at crossroads because you would confuse the wishes and the needs of others with your own. So what you didn't do in that previous lifetime, which is the transition for you now, is to develop more singular self-awareness, to develop your own individual strength and your own individual talents that are not related to a partnership or connection with somebody else, but that your own. And you're here in this lifetime really to, to build a tremendous amount of strength and confidence. And for some people who have this, they do that with a connection towards recreational games or sports activities, but something where you, you can physically prove that strength. I mean, I look at this Michelle and I say, you have that energy in you here that will look at the mountain that other people won't climb and you say, oh, I can do that. So when you build that strength and that confidence, then you will have many of the things that you dream about accomplishing in this lifetime. And this particular energy as it stands in your chart can really put you into view. I mean, people can see you out in the world and they can see what you do through your ability to show them your own personal strength. And one of the notes that I wrote here about your chart was when she gets a spotlight pointed at her, she shines there. I mean, you literally glow in that place. And it's such an interesting part of your personality that is so in view. And then there's this part of your personality that is very, very private. I mean, particularly sort of the emotional part of your world that there's part of you that you want to keep to yourself and that you would like to keep. Some people would call it secret or just privacy. I sort of refer to it as just something that's out of you that not everybody can see and that that's essential for your emotional well-being and comfort. When you feel things, Michelle, one thing that I noted here was you don't feel anything part way. This is hot or cold, black or white, all or nothing. Your emotions are powerful and they're powerful in the way that I perceive it as like a detective. I mean, that quality of people really can't hide secrets from you because you're going to find them out. But there's that perception that you have that can also see the things that are hidden from you to other people. That will help help you greatly in this lifetime. What you'll also find with this placement too is that you can have part of your emotional life literally be a secret from many, many people that you keep that very much to yourself. I mean, I looked at your chart and I thought there's a very interesting mix here between what's in view and what's not in view. Whoa. <laughs> Steve, your reaction. I mean, so you have to understand that Michael read Michelle first and he, and he read me second. So this was really the, I'm coming to this thing going, 
I'm interested. I'm excited. I like this kind of stuff. I think it's intriguing, but I don't know if I believe it. And I got to tell you, Michael came out of the gates firing here because he <laughs> nailed, he really did nail a lot of things about you. First off, he said, he called you a hostess, which is only like a couple letters off from your literal job. He talked about you being involved in games and sports. That's pretty specific. Now, because a lot of this stuff is, you know, you go to a medium, you go see a fortune teller or a palm reader, and they just tell you these vague things. It's kind of like in business where they're like, oh, it's synergy. They use the big buzzwords. That's kind of what I feel like astrologists and these people do. But these are like specific things that do hit, you know, hit home for you. He also said people can see you, meaning you're a public facing figure. That is very true. The spotlight, when you get the spotlight, you shine, which is very true. You literally, you get the spotlight every day on your show. And then also the part that really was like, damn, he nailed you was that he talked about the other half of your life being very private, which I know is something that you've sort of struggled with to be, you know, you're this forward facing figure, but also you do like to keep a lot of your private life that way, private. So I got to tell you, Michael, 10 out of 10 for the first, for the first three minutes of this thing, I was blown away. This was where he did the punt return for a score, he, like right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, he just he punched he me right in the face. And I was like, damn, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Kick off, catch the football, <clears throat> run it back. So yes, okay, he said in my past life, I was a hostess, but that carries over to today that I work in sports. We talked about the spotlight. How about too how we talked about my emotions and how I run hot and cold and there's really no gray area with me? I can go from zero to 60 like that. Yep. And when it's hot, it is the hot. And when it's yep. cold, it is cold. But the thing, yes, that he nailed more than anything was how I have this incredible dichotomy in my life where I am in some ways a public person and I have to share myself and share my life, but I keep many things locked away with a key. And not even just to listeners of the podcast or listeners of the show or to my acquaintances, but there are things that I won't even tell my close friends and family. I am the person who could go away and have a small wedding and never post about it on Instagram. There are just certain things that I don't know what it is about me and my personality that I don't like to share with people. It just kind of feels like my own little deal that I have going on. I gotta tell you, it, it opened my eyes initially because again, I was a little bit skeptical and then Michael came out and said all these things that are very incredibly accurate about you, including like the hostess thing to me right off the bat. I was like, wow, that's that's weird. You literally are a host. I mean, I know it's a little bit different, but it's a couple, it's, it's a similar thing and it's only a couple of letters off. I don't know. I, I shout out to Michael because he started up, he started with a bang. He did. Okay. So he proceeded on to talk about things that work for me in my life. And then he dove in a little bit more into what my zodiac sign and what my astrology, what does it go? Astrological chart? What is it called? Yeah, astrological chart. Yep. How do I, I know more about this? How do I know I more? I, I know. It's, 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 I've retained a lot of this. You did. I'm also interested, you know, he studied to become this. He told us that he had students. This is a thing that people do. And you read these charts and you know, we'll get into it because there's stuff about maps later where they tell you what places um, around the globe that you would most be or be happiest or most successful at. Or I forget exactly the term he used, gold zones or something. Yeah. Where you, you flourish and you thrive the most. And I'm just fascinated. This is what he studies. He literally studies the skies to tell you what, what he thinks is going to happen in your life. So Yeah. So based on my chart, he told me a little bit more about what my personality is and why the universe and the planets and my sign has made me the way that I am. You work really hard. I mean, there's an energy here that I refer to as, wow, you just sort of 
put your nose to the grindstone and polish away at what you want to accomplish and what you want to achieve. And in doing that, you sort of climb up the, the ladder by alternating security and ambition as your goals. So you can be ambitious to get to one place. Once you get there, you'll make it secure and then you climb to the next place. And so it's a steady climb to the top. I can see that your reputation is something that's very important to you. And if you feel that you have been misjudged in some way, this doesn't sit comfortably with you at all. But what I also see here is that there's this big, big, generous spirit about sharing words and knowledge and information. I mean, this is sort of a natural teacher in here. But again, still very much this hostess energy that I kept coming to. And that you have a talent for creating beautiful or comfortable environment. I, I've seen this energy that you have in your chart in the, in the charts of decorators. But it, what it does for you is that what you need from your outside world, that more public place, you need the private place where you can go and recharge all of your batteries. And what you'll find also too is that I would say that your emotional nature, particularly as it relates to family relationships and just emotionally based connections with other people, is that there will be times in your life, Michelle, that I'm going to use the analogy of the mythical bird, the phoenix, where there are these moments that you say, I just crashed and burned in a fire. But then you can like the phoenix, rise above the ashes and continue your emotional journey on a much higher level. Once someone has mistreated you emotionally, you can shut off the faucet for good. You'll never turn it back on. But, but the energy here also is very healing and very transformative. So even though you will go through these very definitive time periods of emotional endings and the new beginnings, the death of an old phase and the birth of a new phase, that you still have that ability here to transform yourself, particularly by bringing things out of the darkness into the light where they can be healed and transformed. So, and I'd say that your own natural intuition, which is very strong, I, I meant to mention that a little more when I was talking about your birth chart, you really do pick up things. And sometimes it's very much like a, you absorb, it's like a psychic sponge. So when you're around people, if they're angry or they're critical or they're sad, you're gonna soak it up. And Leos are some of the happiest people of the Zodiac, but that can get shifted by being near people who are sad because for you, emotions are just as real and tangible as objects of the material world. So it certainly would be one of my pieces of advice to you throughout your life to choose those people who are kind and loving and supportive because they then support your own emotional growth pattern. Positive vibes only, Michelle. <laughs> get us the pillow right now. <laughs> yeah. So let's run through this. I work hard, put my nose to the grindstone so that I can elevate in my life. I balance between security and ambition, which is something I struggle with all the time. I do work really hard, but there's always that fine line between I have a great job, I have the security of this versus do I want to try something else and grow in a different way? The thing that he nailed, I hate feeling misjudged. That's why I don't get on Twitter anymore because I will tweet something and somebody will take what I said and completely misconstrue it and it drives me bananas. I hate feeling misjudged. I think that's more about Twitter than it is about anything else, but yes. But even, you know, if I ever had a conflict with someone in my life, which is rare, it, it usually is like, no, you're not understanding me. I don't like mm -hmm. not being understood. How about he says that I have a very generous spirit and sharing information. 
literally what we do here, what I do for a living. (laughs) Um, How, oh, this one too, how I can shut off the faucet emotionally. That is very true. It takes me a while sometimes to shut it off, but when it's off, it is off for good. There's no turning back. Finally, how about the fact that I soak up other people's emotions and I can't handle negativity? You can speak to that. Yeah, this one for me was less convincing. This to me sounded more like buzzwords where it was like, oh, you know, you know you're striving to be successful and you are successful and you want to have this successful career. Who doesn't? You care about your reputation and you don't want to be, you know, what was the, what was the phrase you used that you said earlier? You, you don't want to be uh, misunderstood Mis- or misjudged. misjudged, misjudged. Nobody wants their reputation tarnished or to be misjudged. So I don't know. Um, and yeah, you're generous, but this one was a little bit more vague to me. I wasn't buying, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid as much as I was in clip one. Steve, I mean, he said I would be a great decorator. Come on. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but I mean, again, he knows he's taught. I feel like that's what's it, the 30 to 50% hit rate on most people he talks to. Yeah, I like decorating my house too. And I could be like, oh my God, I love decorating. This is great. I don't know. A little bit more vague on this one. Okay, but drilling in on the being misjudged and how much that affects me. If somebody misconstrued something you said, it probably wouldn't bother you that much. No, it would bother me. I think if you don't care about your reputation or people uh, misjudging you or misrepresenting what you mean or think or represent, and you say, oh, I don't care about that. I kind of think those people are lying. It's impossible not to care about what other people think. It's just the varying degrees of how much you care. I probably care less than you do. But yeah, I still do care about people. I don't want people to be like, oh, Sarita's a hack and he sucks at this. Well, (laughs) if one guy says that or one girl says that, I'll be like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But it's still going to be in the back of my mind. Um, So it might impact you more. But I think everyone is affected by it. Also, when he said that about negativity, I've had experiences in my life or experiences in my career where I had to remove myself from situations because people were so negative and it affected me so deeply. I can't function like that. I cannot be in spaces of conflict or spaces of tension or negativity on a daily basis. Some people thrive in drama. I cannot. You don't like drama, but you do love Bravo. There's a yin and yang here. The universe is, it's a little bit of give and take. I hate the drama of, Bra- of Bravo television shows. It makes me uncomfortable. That's but true. I don't know. It was good, not great. Didn't really sell me on that one. Cool. Okay, Steve. Well, how about this one? Michael tells me that there may be some luck and some fortune in my future. This is the kind of stuff I want to hear. So as you move into the spring of next year, your profession is going to be galloping. It's sort of like this very expansive energy here that sometimes I say to people, when this shows up, it's like you go after everything you want and you want to grow and you want to expand and you want to be free to have adventures without limitations or restrictions. And so what you find is that these cycles in the spring of 2021, they create favorable circumstances that magnetize resources and people and opportunities to you. Like bees to honey, they're coming to you. And it's a really good time for any public relations or sales about work, even asking for a raise or just putting yourself out there all about advertising and PR very successful in the spring of 2021 late spring 
I also want to mention it because again, this is one of the rare exceptions, but this is also an energy that some of my clients have manifested gambling wins. It's a, it's a section of the chart that does get, deal with gambling. And you know, I, I tell everybody, I've had so many clients ask me to help them win the lottery. What I always say is that if it doesn't have an honorable mention in your birth chart, you're not going to win the lottery out of nothing. There has to be an opportunity that is presented there in your birth chart. It's there in your birth chart. So I would certainly say within practical reason, it wouldn't hurt to play the lottery, particularly at times later in the spring of next year. With that said, this could be much more of a symbolic opening of your life where you really are very future oriented and you're looking at the horizon line and then you're galloping in that direction for the things that you want to accomplish and the things that you would like to make happen. And you make it happen as you move into late 2021 and move into 2022. Two big historical cycles, including the Midas touch energy of growth and expansion and good luck, they go into that career section of your chart. So what happens by 2022 is that everything that you have created a foundation for, for your own success, it now gets a big spotlight pointed at it. People can see it. People can see you. It's one of those times in your life when you really show your talents and you make this bigger impression upon people in authority who are in a position to help you. But also just more of the world sees what you're doing. So these cycles are very good for expanding career. We're rich. Wait a second. <laughs> he literally, we are okay. rich. <laughs> People literally talk to mediums, to astrologers, to tarot card readers, to whatever, to tell them, hey, how do I, what are the, what are the lottery numbers? That's the biggest cliche joke of all time. He literally just told you that you could potentially win the lottery at what, the, the spring of next year, the spring of 2021. So I didn't listen to one other thing. He's, nope. we're winning the lottery. We're rich. Uh, yeah. So listen. If you're at, you know, if you're at in the station with Michelle working at uh, 101 ESPN, you probably want to get in a lot, on a lottery pool with her because that's going to pay off big in the spring of 2021. And also, how do I get on that as well? Because I'm interested in winning the lottery. Should we do the Powerball together, Steve? Yeah. Is it the local St. Louis lottery? Is it the national power? I don't know. What is it? Who, I don't know. Or do you like, maybe you go to Ve Vegas for something and you, although it seems unlikely now that people would go to Vegas during the pandemic, but who knows? So spring of 2021, maybe things are looking up. Maybe you... I don't know. You hit it big on the slot machine. I don't know. Something you're going to win big and I want to be a part of it. Okay. Well, I'm going to be playing the lottery every day for three months straight. Have you ever played the lottery before in your life? I have. One time I got a Powerball tip. My dad loves to play the lottery. My dad loves So does it. my dad. That's just oh a dad God. thing. I don't get Total it. Total dad thing. You know, when I was a kid, we would go to 7-Eleven. We'd get some Coke, Slurpees. He'd get a lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. It was just what we did, you know? Big gulps. Nice. Big, but, nice. <laughs> those your skis? Both of them? Yeah. <laughs> but we... <laughs> oh, I need to watch that movie again. But I played the Powerball once in Connecticut. I think it was up to like $500 million or something. And a bunch of us did it. And I, yeah. and I played the Powerball. But now we got to get a small talk listener lottery because you heard it here first, people. The money is coming my way. I'm going to be rich. Wide in the pool. I remember, I distinctly remember my dad playing the, he used to always play the lottery. He'd play, you know, I don't, he never did scratch off tickets. Scratch off tickets feel like they're a different kind of person. Um, yeah, I know. But he would play the lottery. And one night, I think he hit like, I forget, 
maybe three, two or three of the numbers. And we ended up winning like a hundred bucks. So we went out and got Chinese food that night. So my dad did win the lottery, not the big lottery, but he did win money from the lottery. And he's like the only person I've ever known that's won the lottery off of a ticket, not a scratch off ticket, like a lottery ticket. So shout out to my dad. What's up? But I've never bought a lottery ticket in my life. Never. Well, you're about to. But now I guess I got to get on the board. I got to get on board. Let's do it. Big lotto guy. Three, huge lotto guy. No, (laughs) actually, small man, huge lotto (laughs) guy. Big lotto girl, yep. Big lotto girl. You're going to spend like thousands of dollars on lottery tickets next year, and all of a sudden the year is going to pass and it's going to be like nothing's going to happen. We're going to be like, Michael, what the hell, dude? Yeah, do I send him my bill? Yeah, hey, man, sorry. (laughs) Hey, no windfall here, no cash. But you know what sucks about winning? I was thinking about this too, one of two ways. He talked about potentially winning the lottery. Then he said, you're going to go into the spotlight. More people can see you. More people will see it, et cetera. And I'm thinking, is it because when you win the lottery, people know you won the lottery? Yeah, but then your life usually goes downhill from there. You ever seen that show where people win the lottery and it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to them? Not saying that's going to happen to you or that you're even going to win the lottery. But when people go from nothing to millions of dollars, oftentimes they just like blow it in two seconds and they're miserable. They're also miserable because everybody asks them for a cut. Yep. Yep. Everybody comes out of the woodwork asking for a favor, for a loan, for a whatever. And that would genuinely make me miserable. You know what I would do? No lay. Let's say I want a couple hundred million dollars. I would have a list of people, you know, like people you're inviting to your wedding. You have a lottery list of people who are going to get a payout. First things first is I'm buying a compound for my family. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's in Montana. It's going to be somewhere rural, right? Where it's, we're not going to California. We're not going somewhere where there's a ton of people. Yeah. You want acreage. I get that. Yeah. We want, we want some land. We want some Some spaces. Yep. But I'm building my cousin's house. I'm building my aunt, uncle house. I'm building my parents' house. I'm building me and my family a house. And it's going to be like a sick vacation spot. I also will take care of my parents here. And I will, of course, take care of you and Maddie. And Thank then I'm, I'm going to dole out money to different people, <laughs> but it's not going to be at once. I'm going to say to people, you're going to get it, but it's going to be a surprise. It could be now. It could be in five years. Just one day, you're going to get a piece of mail and it's going to be some money from me. It's like a mystery trust fund. It's a mystery trust fund. And there's going to be a list of people on there that do get the mystery trust fund, but other people will be thinking they're going to get the money. You know, I'm going to be like, Hey, my finance guy has already dealt with it, but really I'm taking a major, major chunk of that. And we're giving it to charity. That is a, that's like a massive mind fuck to your friends and family though, to know whether or not they're on the list or not. They're going to be like on pins and needles constantly. They're probably going to be bothering you more asking whether or not they're on the list. I feel like you have to get it over with. And then it's like, Hey, everyone's getting their check. Everyone's getting a little piece of the pie. And then there will be no more badgering questions, anything. You are cut off. And that doesn't mean we're cut off, you know, physically or emotionally or our relationship. It means I will not be giving you anything else other than this. This is what, this is my gift to you. Stop talking to me. Don't bring it up again, ever again. And that's how I would handle it. Because I feel like if you hang it over their heads, it's only going to make it worse for you. They're going to keep bothering you. Oh, see, yeah, that's a good point. Because I didn't view it as hanging it over their heads. I viewed it as... You're dangling a carrot. That's what you're doing. Oh, no, that's not even what I was thinking. I was just thinking how cool it would be to one day on a Tuesday, five years from now, go to the mailbox and you've got a massive check. How exciting would it be it to would not be. know when it was coming? I just thought the element of surprise would be more It's a little fun. bit mean though. It's, a, it's it, I don't know. It's a little bit mean in my mind, but listen, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm not worried about it right now. Let's just win it first. See, because I listened to this podcast with Oprah who talked about the struggles that she had when she became famous and the power of saying no. And whether it was her time, which was very valuable that people kept taking up her money. She's like, as soon as you have money or you have fame, 
you give and it's never enough. She's like, someone could say, Hey, I need $3,000 and you give them $3,000 and then they will always come back for more. Mm -hmm. Or if you, if you say, yes, I will host your charity event for free. Then they're like, great. Can you also get on the board? Can you also do the commercial? It's never one thing. And she's like, you have to learn how to say no. You can't come down with the disease to please. And so that's what made me think about that is that I wouldn't want to set that precedent. Like, Hey, I'm going to give you this knowing that everybody would come back for more. It's going to be like, Hey, it's coming. You don't know when it's coming and it's already done. So deal with it. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think at the end of the day, you need a tight knit family and people that you trust. And that's why like a lot of athletes and people of that, whatever, that have a bunch of money or get a bunch of money when they get drafted or they sign a new contract and all of a sudden these people start coming out of the woodwork. That's really difficult to deal with. And it would probably be a really hard thing to juggle in your personal life because there's people that you like as friends or family that are bothering you and you don't like them anymore because they only care about you for your money. So, uh, but then again, that is a future Michelle and Steve problem. I'm not worried about that. Let's just win the lottery first. Let's win the lottery first. Okay. So we know Steve that I'm obviously going to have an amazing career. We know that I'm rich because I'm winning the lottery, but what about my personal life? Michael dove into that as well. In your chart, and people ask me this all the time, Matt, do you see children in my chart? Well, I do see in your chart. And I, I would say that it looks like there's at least two children in your chart. And yes, the whole energy around relationship that then leads to marriage and children. That is very much something that will be part of your future because there's an energy here that I refer to as a natural mothering nurturing nesting instinct and that it's so important and vital for you to have that nest to have that home and certainly to have that lifetime partner that soul connection that you can move through your life with and as i mentioned earlier some of those big historical cycles that are happening for you now around partnership could introduce that partner to you and you're certainly right now in a very very expansive and a very deeply profound time for all of the people in your life, whether they are the personal or the business connection. So yes, you can definitely have marriage and children in this life and have that comfortable nest, that sanctuary that you dream about. And and when I look at your chart, Michelle, I would say you're going to have such a beautiful home. I mean, it's just, it's decorated beautiful. They're just trees, plants, flowers. It's just this place of tremendous comfort where you go and you shut the door and you recharge your batteries from the outside world and have that loving, energetic support from a partner and children. So yes, you will, you will have that in this lifetime. So much more of your chart is really focused on career, but the energy around that possibility of having children that shows up about, that's about three to four years from now. What I would say that that's the possibility of when you move in that direction to create that family unit. I do see healthy children that does show up in people's charts. One of them is going to be really powerful and one of them is going to be very, very intuitive. So, um, and sometimes I see that as the same thing, but you definitely have that energy here for children. And, and what I love about your potential for being a mother is you're so protective. I mean, it's just this great energy here. You're going to keep them safe and, you know, bringing children into this world, which is somewhat chaotic right now, you're going to keep them away from the chaos. And so my spirit guide, 
wife actually just spoke up at that moment and said she will be one of those big loving mothers that is like a mother bear when her children are threatened in any way but again this big generous heart of expression for raising children and you're going to use that very very well and successfully in this lifetime that's a good job by michael there i think he nailed a lot of things about you first off mother bear 100 i could 100 <laughs> see you having an awesome house that's just welcoming to everyone you're definitely going to be a good mother if that's what you want to be and that's what you want to choose. Uh, three, what did it take? Three to four years, kids? So, okay. The clock Probably, is ticking. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, listen, that's pretty soon in the future. That's not that far away. I know. So that's I crazy. think that's something that I'd be pumped if I were you. And plus, and then what did he say? One of your kids is going to be super powerful. The other one's going to be very intuitive. Yes. I feel like you hit the home run here. When he said my one child was going to be very powerful, I immediately thought, president going to be the president. What's up? <laughs> he says, I don't know if I would want my kid to have that job. Pretty tough job. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that he said I would have two kids because I always thought if I ever chose to have children that I would only have one. Maybe you're going to have twins. I hope not. Sorry to my future Wait, hold on. Twins. twins is the best case scenario. No, it's not. Yes, it is because you kill two birds with one stone. You know, you only have one pregnancy. You have two kids. You never have to do it again. What's the downside there? I don't. I feel like that's the the ideal scenario because ha having one kid and going through going through being pregnant twice. I mean, I'm I don't really know. Obviously, I wouldn't know, but that seems like it's a really difficult thing to do. If I have to do that one time, that seems like that I would take that out all the time. But you're that much bigger. There's two babies yeah. you're feeding, two yeah. babies that are screaming, two babies that need their diapers changed, and also Steve, a lot of twins grow up and they're, you know, they're a little codependent. There's a jealousy yeah. thing there. You know, one is like, why are you getting married before me? We're supposed to do everything together. Yeah, but I, also, I also know some twins that are cool though. I do know cool yeah, twins. There's also saying, a stigma. I preference, I wouldn't want a twin. But there's also stigma about only children. You came on it, right? So I wouldn't, don't worry about the stereotypes. You are who you are. You're your own you know person. What? Great point. I hate when people say, oh, wow, you're an only child. I would have never guessed that. I mean, that's probably what I said to you when I first found out you were an only child, but it is yeah. surprising because there is a stigma around only children and, and you don't have really any of the characteristics of that. Sometimes I do, but not often. Like but what? I think the, the care, okay. So um, I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but my boyfriend used to say it's OCS, only child syndrome, because yeah. when there are certain people that if I'm calling you or trying to get a hold of you and you are not available to me, I very much don't like it. And I would call him and I'd be like, what could you possibly be doing? And he's like, hey, OCS, calm down. <laughs> That's not I bad. Was in a, I, wouldn't... I was in a meeting. But I think other people do that too. I don't think it's necessarily an only child thing. But for instance, if I were to call my dad right now and he didn't pick up, I'd be like, what is possibly more important than picking up my phone call? <laughs> Maybe that is an only child thing. I don't know. But you sort of bucked the trend on all of that stuff. So you're right. There are some competitive things and issues with, with only children. I mean, if, or I'm sorry, with, uh, with twins. If I was... I would like to have twins. I think it'd be awesome. Boy, girl, boom, bang it out. Then they're not, they're not really competing. Like they're not, one's not prettier than the other one or one's not smarter than the other one. Right. I'm, this goes for boys and girls. So I'm not, it's not like a specific gender thing, but if you have a boy and a girl, they're not really competing for the same things at the same time, other than their parents' attention. They're like the same age. So it doesn't really matter. So I feel like that's the ideal scenario when having kids. Well, I hope you get that, Steve. I Me hope too, but there are no twins in our families and either of our families. It doesn't seem like that's happening. Cause I think it's, I, I think, think it is genetic. Mine. Oh yeah. I don't think there's any in mine either. So, okay, but Michael, that's basically what he had to say about me. He also mentioned that I thrive in Italy and that yeah, my, my career and my apex, everything is in two places. It's in Illinois, St. Louis and in New York City. 
And he talked about how moving to New York City, if I ever chose to do that, would take me to the next level in my life and my career, but that I can have major success where I am. So that was interesting. But I think all in all, Steve, I would say he nailed it when it came to me. I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, and we'll get to mine in a second. I think he did a better job on yours than mine. But there were some very specific things that he nailed. And then there were some other things I'm like, mm, about you that I'm like, I'm not just so sure. But I will say overall, seven out of 10 for you. Seven out of 10? Yeah. I'm going to give him an 8.7 out of 10. And only because he said one thing I didn't really like that we didn't play. And the other stuff is TBD. We're going to just have to find out. But as far as my personality and the things that I do in life and where I am currently mm -hmm. right now in October 2020, I think he nailed it. Now, the stuff will have to digest later. We'll do that in the epi in episode, what, 300 of Small Talk. We'll, we'll break <laughs> <Yeah>. this back down. <laughs> in three years, in three, four years, if I'm not married with two kids and haven't hit the lottery, yeah. I'm pissed. We'll know. We'll, we'll know. know. BS. Damn it, Michael. Okay. Uh, all You're right. Up. You want to do mine? Yeah, of course. Okay. So mine, <sighs> let's start here um, because you started with your personality one and your past life stuff. I think that's really cool. So why don't we start here? I don't know if he necessarily nailed this for me. Your chart shows me, Steve, that you come from a previous lifetime where you were a servant and you wanted your body to run like a well-made machine. And so there was a lot of focus on health and diet and exercise and really sort of keeping your body running with this great sense of clarity and perfection. And what I would look at here and say, okay, so in that lifetime, what you are known for is putting things in order, putting things in place, sort of keeping things in their logical direction. And that in that lifetime, what you would find was that you never paid attention to your intuition or your imagination. It had to make logical, common, practical sense to you. So as you come into this lifetime, basically you're opened up now to make this transition and i'm going to use this analogy of your soul being a camera lens in that previous lifetime that camera lens was in sharp clear focus you saw all the details that nobody else could see in this lifetime that camera lens goes a little bit out of focus so that the world can look more like an impressionistic painting and that you are here now to listen to your intuition to listen to your imagination and more than anything else in life you're going to find a lot of your answers right there you're going to find them through listening to some of that internal voice so tapping into any type of healing expression or spirituality but also any type of use of the imagination is also going to really work well for you in this lifetime wow okay well first off i'll give you the floor before i give my rundown because that's how we did it. i get you know I, I spoke first in yours so tell me what you think i think he nailed some things and i think he was way off on some other stuff First of all, I'm a hostess in my past life who has a welcoming environment for everyone. And you're a servant who <laughs> yeah. cares about your body running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, that wasn't great to hear. Now, again, that's past life. So who knows, 1800 Saruti or, you know, mid-century Saruti or even like BC Saruti. <laughs> you could, could have been a very different guy and was really into lifting and just looking like an Adonis, which, okay, you know what? maybe See, I've changed. What if old-timey Saruti was a gladiator. You were a servant who would fight 
and you cared about your body running like a well-oiled machine. You were an Italian gladiator. I mean, I do love the movie and I like the idea of that, but I'm not a fighter, Michelle. I'm just not. I'm not a physical fighter, I should say. Verbally, like I got, I'm known to get into an argument here or there, but physically, I'm just not... You know, that, that's why life, Steve. Past that's life. also, it's also never great to hear the first thing to be like, you know, in the past life, you were a servant, not like, <laughs> not like you came from royalty or you were like nomadic or you were an explorer. No, no, you were a servant. Let's put you in your place. You were a servant. So that wasn't a great start for me. Um, but it was funny. It's funny nonetheless. And that's fine. The health body stuff. I don't know. I'll, I will say this. I did take a couple Peloton classes last night. So what's up? Boys back on the grind. Feeling good. Not quite 75 hard, but I'm, I'm working out again. So we're here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you guys buy a Peloton? No, 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 no. They do the workout classes. Not, not necessarily oh. the bike one. You can do them off the bike. So it was me and my dude Chase. It was a core and an arms workout that I did about a half an hour. It was awesome. So I'm back on my grind. So maybe 2020, the end of 2020, into 2021, I'll get my body, I'll start feeling like, you know, my past life. Respect. Way to go. Peloton class. Yeah. I was just like, did you guys buy a Peloton bike and not tell me? Because that's important information I need to know. No, I would like a Peloton bike, but. They're on sale right now. I know. It's possible. Let's try out the app first. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if I'm really into this thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Michael was telling me things that I want to do in the future about, you know, working on my body, but I'm not quite doing 75 hard. I'm not quite working out right now. So we'll see. The other thing that I thought was interesting in that though, Michelle, is he did nail this part. He said, I like order and I'm very logical. Whereas mm -hmm. I don't do intuition. I don't do like feelings. Um, I'm very logical. And that is, that is true. I am a two plus two equals four. There's no working around that. I'm not quite a facts. Don't care about your feelings kind of guy, but I am very much a, what do the facts present me? And that is, that's how I feel about the argument. There's really no other leeway for me. I'm not very emotional when it comes to that stuff. I don't make emotional decisions. I make logical decisions based on facts. So I guess he did nail that. Yes. And he also did talk about how you're using your intuition more, which I think is very true. I think you're listening to yourself more. You're trusting your gut more. And I think he nailed that part. Now, again, your past life. I don't know if you were a servant getting your reps in. I don't know if you really hit leg day all the time. No. I don't know if BC Saruti had massive quads, but I will say that the I probably had a great, a great beard and great flow though, if it was BC Saruti. I probably looked like Jesus, to be honest with you. But like a really ripped Jesus. Ripped Jesus. Although Jesus was kind of ripped, if we're being honest. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Jesus was the original bay. He so was. yeah, you you probably did look like ripped Jesus. BC Saruti, I bet, was a good time. I bet Actually, he was BC Saruti probably sucked if you only cared about your bod. No wine or partying for you. Yeah, which is very much not like how I am now. So, and maybe you could be a different person than you are in your past life. Maybe you're totally different. Do you believe, by the way, in reincarnation? Because I think that's fascinating. I don't believe in it, but. I've always been interested in it. I've liked reading about it. I'm fascinated by the ideology. I, yeah. I wish it was true and I wish we could remember our past lives and maybe Michael's helping us out with that a little bit here, but do you believe in that at all? You know, it's, it is an interesting concept for me because I do believe in heaven and hell. I believe in spirits. I certainly believe in spirituality and I would like to think that that's possible, but then also it leads me to question, okay, well then if people are being reincarnated, they're not necessarily watching over us, right? They've inhabited another mm -hmm. body and they're living another life. So I don't know. I think it's a worthy discussion. Is it off-brand about me that I think I believe in spirits and ghosts and things like that? Yeah, big That's time. off-brand? Big time. I just kind of feel like it has to be. There's too many weird things and coincidences. And I know on those ghost hunter shows, nobody ever finds a ghost. And that's the whole point of the show. It's like finding Bigfoot. Nobody ever finds Bigfoot. But 
I do kind of believe, I've always sort of believed in spirits and ghosts and I'm not super religious, but I think that's in the universe. So maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, this is, this is new Saruti. BC Saruti, not quite. 2020 Saruti is very intuitive. Yeah. But I think that's the more important part is that he got you correct in real time. Yeah. I think that's more important than getting BC Saruti right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's move on. Cause this might be the best clip of any clip we play today. Um, <laughs> this was him talking about my life and relationships and why I'm a very, very passionate lover. <laughs> when you are connected to partnership, this is again, this is no halfway experience for you. You are looking for the most intense passion that you can find. And what you'll find though, is that what you're drawn to again in this lifetime is not just that deep physical transformative power of physical sexual energy, which is very strong in, in your chart, but that there is also that sort of psychological quotient that you don't want physical or sexual passion just to be about the act, that it is something that transforms you. So it's like an out of body experience. When he was saying this, it's good that we we're only on the phone with him because both of us were dying live when this happened. He basically said that I'm passionate. I think he said, you know, oh, you're really into passion and, you know, sexuality. Oh, you really are. He like doubled yeah. down on it for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the end, it's not about the physical stuff. You, you transform. It's like an out-of-body experience, which is like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a Casanova in disguise. Who knows? Saruti, so our Italian stallion, our passionate lover. You have to be connected, mind, body, and spirit, Steve. <laughs> This when is not true, by the way. In case anybody's <laughs> wondering, this is very wrong. It's not like I don't, listen, I don't want to get too deep into this, but, but no pun intended, by the way. Um, oh! <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, I promise. Um, but no, I'm not like a, that's not really who I am. I don't know what, I don't even know how to say this, Michelle. I'm not even sure how to do it. I'm uncomfortable talking about this, but oh, no, sweet. I am not a, I'm not a super passionate lover. You're not a lover. I'm an ab. I would say I'm, like everybody else, I don't know. You're not a let's light some candles, dim the lights, throw on some Sade. No. Maybe get hit no. the bathtub. No. It's certainly, I certainly haven't had an out of body experience in my life. So, well, I I'd like to. Have, I hope you have one. Yeah. And, and, I, that's to, and that's not to say that it's bad. It's just not extreme. It's not like what he was talking about. Steve, Maddie's going to be listening to this and being like, have well, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend her and myself here. It's not like it's boring. It's just not, I don't know if anybody's having out of body experience. That's all I'll say. Anyway, well, that's an incredible clip. That was my favorite thing that's ever been said on this entire podcast in, yep. the, in the history of this podcast. I've never been that more red and more uncomfortable. Is a, Steve <laughs> is a passionate, connected lover. <laughs> I haven't been this uncomfortable since Will Kane on the show called me out for not inviting Nuno to my own wedding, which was that a was rough. And that I was, was really rough. uncomfortable about that. Yeah, and again, I love Nuno. So shouts out to Nuno. I love Nuno. It's just, you know, we got numbers. I don't have to tell you, man. It's like, it's hard. I'm not paying for it. I feel bad. Anyway, we've digressed. Next clip. Uh, <laughs> this is about, this is about bad influences. I actually asked him a question. I asked Michael a question about, do I have bad influences in my life? And he answered it with this. Are there people who negatively influence me? Yes. Because you are so deeply affected by your connections to other people. And part of this, again, is this full moon that you were born under. Again, you don't feel anything part way. It's, it's you, you get this full throttle energy of experience with other people. So when they're positive and they're upbeat, 
they strongly influence you, but they can also be dark and negative. And there is a quality here in your chart that when you are around those darker forces, it pulls you into that same place that those people can influence you to dabble. You know, it's like to dabble in substance or dabble in whatever could sort of almost, I want to say, steer you off your healthiest course. And that those people can sometimes influence you because they want some power uh, of connection to you or through you. But that I would again really underline this, just gravitate towards those people who are the upbeat, optimistic type, because then you're going to follow in the same suit. You have a natural born optimism in your chart. He had me until the end. Yeah. He had me until the end. But here's the thing though, Michelle, about this is he's, he told you this and he now told me this. You should stay away from people that negatively influence you and, you and you should gravitate towards people who have a positive influence on you. But that's what everyone should do. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, again, you know, uh, what is it? Positive vibes only. That's all we want here. That's what you want in life. That's why, the, that's why people make pillows and, and put signs up around their house with that because that, it is really true. And, right. you know, Maddie in my life, first off, let's just address the thing he said at the end. He said, I'm a naturally optimistic person. I am the least optimistic person you've probably ever met. I consider myself a realist. I'm not afraid to tell something like it is or have someone tell me like it is. I feel like I have thick skin. People call that pessimistic. I don't think it's pessimistic. I think I'm just a realist. But Maddie is kind of the opposite. Maddie is definitely a bubbly, optimistic person who is full of life. And again, to Michael's point, I gravitated towards her. I should gravitate towards people like that. And I have, and I think that's made me a better person. So while he's right in a lot of that stuff, I don't think it's that mind blowing. And I'm also not, not at all an, uh, a naturally optimistic person. No, you're definitely not naturally optimistic, but I will say that I think there are people that when they get negative can get you caught up in this negative vortex and it- Me specifically. You specifically. Yeah, I agree with that. And then it's this, hey, this is going to be something that is kind of a staple in our communication patterns of being really negative. Well, and I don't know if that's necessarily healthy for you to constantly have certain people giving you a negative perspective. You're right, but I'll spin it this way because I think one of the things that you and I and maybe me and Ryan and a lot of my friends that we relate to is talking shit about other stuff or like <laughs> venting about stuff. And that makes us happy. You know what I mean? That's we laugh yeah. about talking smack or just being like, Oh, if you see this stupid thing that happened, we like that. That makes us happy as people. So I guess that may be negative energy, but it's turned into a positive thing because we're both uniting and we're both relating to that. So I think what he said was correct for the vast, but for like 99% of the people. Yeah. Stay away from bad people who influence you in a bad way. Like obviously, you know, he went through the substance thing, which you know, I've never had any issues with that you know, knock on wood here, although I'm not, I don't have an addictive personality either, but no. I think what he said there for most of that can be said for like 90% of the population. So I don't know, it wasn't too groundbreaking for me and I'm just not an optimistic person, sorry. All right, let's move on to the last one here I have on mine. This one is something you asked before about your personal life and your future and having kids. I also asked that question to Michael and this is what he had to say. What I would say about children and having family it's going to be one of the most healing things that you do for yourself in this lifetime. And whatever hurt, wounds, fractures that you have from this or other lifetimes, they will be healed 
by having a family, by, ha by creating that nest, by creating that home, and by being a nurturer, by being a parent, that that energy, it, when I was looking at this, when I was doing the notes for your turn, I said, that's it. When he has that home and that family and the children, that's going to be one of those great places for you. And it's not that you're ever going to stop wanting to have adventure and explore and travel, but that you're going to have that that home base, which is always going to be a very, very active part of your life. And again, you know, I look at your chart and I would say the introduction of children and family, it's still a couple of years away, but it's definitely something that I see you having in your lifetime that will bring you a tremendous amount of fulfillment. It's sort of like looking at your chart and saying, that's when he's fully at home with himself and his life when you have that and you will have it and it will be something that will be even more fulfilling than I think you might even imagine now but yes it is something that you will experience in this lifetime to great to great joy okay I know that we made fun of you being a passionate lover and I said that was my favorite part of this but I truly think this might have been the best thing that he said and the most accurate thing that he said about either one of us because I firmly believe that you are going to be an amazing dad and that you and Maddie are going to have a beautiful family life. But I do think for someone who does skew a little negative at times and who is a realist, <laughs> that having kids is going to open up your worldview in a way that you never expected. And I know you are looking forward to having kids, but I truly believe that Michael hit the nail on the head when he says, I don't even think you realize how fulfilled you're going to be as a dad. Yeah, everything he said there was projecting a couple years into the future. But if anything can possibly come true, like that would obviously be it. That was really cool to hear. Yeah. It's what I want. I mean, both of us grew up in families that were very close and had mm -hmm. this support base and it's incredibly important to our lives and how we turned out as people. That's also what I want and what, you know, what I would want in a family and kids and whatever. So that was really cool to hear from him. And I know that having kids is going to change me in a good way. And also it's probably going to surprise me how much I actually love being a dad. I know it's going to surprise me, but, and, but I know it's true. You know what I mean? So that's really yeah. cool. It's really cool to hear. And, you know, to end on that note was really awesome. And you know, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully Michael's right. Hopefully he's right that you won the lottery and hopefully that you, you know, hopefully he's right that you won the lottery. You have two kids, one of them that's super powerful and one that's really <laughs> intuitive and that I continue being a passionate lover and also have this great family life at home. <laughs> I hope for Maddie's sake, maybe Steve, the fact that you're such a passionate lover leads to the children. Maybe. I mean, who knows? I, he said a couple years away. I, you know, we'll see. Steve, we'll see. what if we have kids at the same time? I'm three to four years away. You're still a few years away. What if we have kids at the same time? Listen, with my lottery money, vacation home. Okay. We're going on some sick vacations with our kids. Where are we buying the home though? We got to figure out. I was thinking Montana just because I really loved it when I went there. But I mean, Italy, we could definitely do a, one year a home. small talk compound. We, we yeah, we don't have to buy the one year home. We could buy a legitimate house there. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, yep. done. With our lottery funds, we're going to Italy uh, with our children. Speaking of, we didn't play this clip, but uh, we talked about, we talked with Michael about places on the globe. I think we talked about this earlier too, about places on the globe that make you happier that are like your zones. One of the places that he told for me, he told you this as well, that yours was in Illinois where, you know, obviously where, you, where your, you know, your area is. But he told me that one of my hot zones where I would be the happiest would be around the Great Lakes. And at first I was like, that's really weird. Why would I want to be yeah. there? And then you said to me, oh, Steve, you love Madison. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. 
Madison. That's crazy. That was one of my top five places I've ever been. So we need to have a compound in Madison as well for hitting the lottery big. Okay, done. But yeah, that was interesting. He was telling you, oh, you have roots in Italy too. I can see that you would do well on the West Coast. He's like, but there's something about the Midwest. He's like, specifically the Northern Midwest near the Great Lakes. That is a big, big pull for you. And as soon as we wrap the call, you're like, Midwest, no way. Yeah. And I go, Steve, I was with you yep. when we went to Madison and you were considering quitting your job <laughs> to move to Madison. That place had such an effect on you and it was instant. You loved it instantly and it was very powerful. So he nailed that too. He did. I didn't realize it at first and you were the one to bring that up. And I'm glad you did because it's hundred percent right. So why don't we do this? We have one more thing that we want to play before we wrap this thing up. This was at the end of my reading. He had asked us if we had any questions and whatever. And I threw it over to you. I was like, Hey, Michelle, do you have any questions? And you had asked him specifically about the podcast and growing in the future and whether or not this would be a successful long-term venture between the two of us on the show. And this was Michael's answer. What I can see here is this, this ability to work together. You have a quality in this chart that really allows you to make money together. Um, and again, what I would say here is that they're going into some sort of business venture together is something that can be very successful for you, both from the professional standpoint, but also from the financial standpoint. And Okay, I just, I just, again, did sort of computer math in my head here. And one of the things that I see repeatedly that sort of shows up in what, what I would call the relationship chart between you is this whole energy about money and the senses. So anything that has to do with sense of smell, taste, touch, sight, uh, I mean, this is a really good connection here about this sort of that sensory expression that the two of you could have together is so powerful. But I also would say that if you are doing something that is new, that is almost like an invention or you're starting something, that that has an ability also to be something tremendously successful. Just from my quick look at this interaction, I would say having a venture together can be professionally and financially successful. So just to clarify, I said, Steve and I collaborate together. Is that something that can be successful in the future? I did not say it was a podcast. I did not say that we worked in media. So the fact that he said that we work well and it has to do with the senses, hearing is a sense. And so we immediately looked at each other like, wow, that is crazy. Steve, I also think this is a great opportunity to tell any listeners who potentially want to sponsor <laughs> to hit us up because as you just heard, we're going to be making some money. So if you want to sponsor the pod, hit us up. I think that was the last bit of, it, of what would you call it? Guidance, foresight, anything. That was the last thing he really said to us before we kind of closed his thing out. And it was a really cool way to end it because, you know, both of us, we put, you know, a good amount of work and we really love the show and we love the listeners. And, you know, we do feel like the Shelly thing and, and day one Shelly is not like a joke. <laughs> it's a literal thing. Like people will tweet that at us now and it's really cool. And, um, you know, we want to keep doing this venture and, and keep doing it well. And for him to say that, and again, this is, I'm not, you know me, I'm not all in, I'm skeptical. I'm being a pessimistic about this stuff. But for him to say that and specifically say it about a sense was really, really powerful and really, really cool. And so here's the thing, maybe what happens is maybe instead of you winning the lottery, maybe all of a sudden our show just blows up and all of a sudden that's where we get this newfound income from. Possibilities I, are endless. I think 
us expanding this podcast would be better than hitting the lottery because that means we could connect with more awesome people because that is the coolest part about doing this is getting the DMS from people who say, Hey, I'm an OG Shelly. I've been listening. I love when you guys do this. We had somebody hit us up the other day and said, I need a Shelly t-shirt. I am obsessed with the pod. I listen to it all the time. And that's possibly that is coming so cool. soon, by the way. Yeah. We're working on it. We're working on merch. TBD. But that is so cool. And the, the coolest thing about it too, Steve, is it's people from, as we've mentioned, all over the country, sometimes the world. So it's people that we're connecting with in Louisiana or in Iowa or in Nebraska. And it's just, it's a very cool feeling to know that we can connect with people like that. So that would be the lottery for me is for us to keep doing this. My dream if we're just throwing this out there, I want to, once the pandemic is done, do live pods. I would love to go yeah. across the country and get to meet the Shelleys ac- across yeah. the great US of A. I had a guy, I don't think, I don't know if I told you this, but I've had a few guys reach out to me recently about things that we've talked about in the pod. One of which I loved, um, this guy, Jake, he hit me up on Instagram and he said, I introduced my buddies to Girl by Marin Morris. A few Bud Lights deep. It's a huge hit. Just thought I should let you know, big small talks fans would purchase a Shelly t-shirt. I sent that to you, I believe actually. And it's yeah. like, it's stuff like that. That's really cool. And it's really cool to connect with the people that listen, the people that really love the show. And another guy too, would be like, Hey, you know, I heard you talking about that place in New Hampshire the other day at the pod. Where was it? I want to, I want to go through there. I told him it was Portsmouth, awesome little town you should go. So it has become this awesome community. And not only to have this community of people to work with you, Michelle, which is awesome, but to hear Michael say that this could potentially be successful. We need 2021 to get here so we can get this thing going. Okay, so we gave, you gave mine a 7 out of 10, right? And I gave myself an 8.7 out of 10. Yeah. What are we going to give yours? In hindsight, now that we're talking it through, I actually like mine better than I did initially. Um, he yeah, was, here's the thing. I thought he was, I don't think he was right about a lot of things, but I thought it, some of the things he did say were really cool and interesting. So I think I would give it a 7 too, but for different reasons. Yours, I think, was more accurate, but I think mine was it made me think more. It made me be like, hmm, this is interesting. Or that little tidbit was interesting. So sevens on both ends, but for different reasons. I'm going to give you a seven and a half. And I'm not giving you the same score as me only because I don't like that he said you were a servant in a past life. That's true. But you, you should be able to laugh about that though. That- it is. But if your personality now is anything like it was in a past life, you would have been a horrible servant. I'm too mouthy to be a servant. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would have been, I would have get like, I would have get burned at the stake or I would have been, I would have been executed. Like they wouldn't put up with my, into, you know, with my anger, not anger, I guess my pessimism and whatever. They just wouldn't put up with that. Like this, ser- we don't need this servant mouthing off about why this food choice wasn't right or like why the beer wasn't right. good enough. Like who would, get him out of here. I wouldn't right. have lasted three days as a servant. Yeah, I could just see you, BC Saruti, being like, mm, meet again for dinner. <laughs> they would ask me to do something, and I'd be like, why? And they'd be because it's your job, you're the servant. That's what you do. And I'd be like, mm, not feeling that. Totally. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that, hearing a little bit about our past lives, our present lives, and our future lives. This is something that Steve and I have wanted to do for a long time. If you are interested in getting a reading done for yourself or maybe giving it as a gift to someone else, which I think could be a really cool gift with the holidays coming up, Michael Jernigan is the astrologist that we used, and we're not going to just give his information out on the pod, but if you are seriously interested... Hit us up on Instagram. You can DM either Steve or I. Steve is at Steve underscore Saruti. Give him a follow. A lot of great dog content there. Mm. You can follow me at M Smallman. Not a lot of great content there. Sharing a lot of songs lately. Really just what I'm feeling. But either way, we will connect you with Michael and you can get it done for yourself. Yeah. And as someone who is, you can tell my voice is skeptical about this or doesn't necessarily even believe it. 
it doesn't matter. It's fun. It was really cool to hear whether or not you even are going to, you should take it with a grain of salt because that's what I think you should do with anything. But even if you're a skeptic, trust me, it's fun. And to do it with someone else, the fact that we did it together, it was awesome to hear each other's thing. I would recommend doing that as well. I do too. And he was very cool about that, letting us both be on the phone and experience it together. So we're not going to do a review this week. We'll definitely get a review, maybe two in next week. So if you haven't already, head to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to Small Talk, rate it preferably five stars, and leave a review. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, Mama Bear says peace out. I can't believe I was a servant in a past life. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.